Welcome to the Her House podcast. This podcast gives the female perspective on real estate, investing, and gets into other topics as we navigate both parenting and adulthood. In today's episode, we talk about our career backgrounds and how we got into real estate, both from the agent and investor side. We also discuss our projections for the market, both locally and nationally. As this is our first episode, there are, of course, a lot of fumbles and some sound quality issues that we pledge to continue to get better as we go. Thanks for listening and be sure to rate and subscribe. Now let's get into it. Basically, we can get started talking whenever. Okay. All right. So, uh, I people uh, <laughs> cut this part out. Yeah, of course. We can cut anything out. So it's not worry. Do you want to just get started and we can talk about like our day? I actually have something, a really great story. Yeah. You. So I installed the new Nuna car seat. Oh, yeah. Chris do it, like, install. Yeah. And then you're building everything, baby. But he was like, I'll do it tomorrow morning. And I'm like, okay, well, I've got to drop Cammy off at my mom's house. So I'm leaving at 645. Right. Do it before then. I'm like, I won't. So I went and did it myself. It is the best car seat. Oh, see, I didn't install it. Joey installed it for me. But the the turn is just a game changer. Yes. And it's, like, luxurious for a baby. Oh, yeah. So it's the Nina Red, and basically it swirls so you don't have to put the baby in that face or like reverse. And it just makes it so much easier. Yeah. It's amazing. It's it's such a game changer. Like I put her in it today and it with the Duna, which was also great for her when she was a baby. And it's like very easy, like traveling because you use it as a stroller too. But the problem was getting it in and out of the car was really hard. Getting her into it was really hard because she would squirm around. This is so easy. My one thing, though, is now I feel like I need a travel stroller. I know. And we've never had a travel stroller. We just, like, bring the big one. But we're also not, like, the people with the travel bag. We just, like, throw it on there and we're, like, hope for the best, which is probably not smart with that expensive of a stroller. But we're just, like, mm, whatever. Yeah. Well, today going to the pediatrician was just hard because I had to carry her. Oh, yeah. And, and she's squirming around. And so... I, I'm like, shoot, I need something to yeah, yeah, yeah. put her in, basically. She she needs to be contained. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to her house. Uh, so I'm Chrissy Haller and I'm Haley Lenz. And we have been friends. How long have we been friends for? We've been friends since, well, basically 2009. I think we met each other yes. in 2008, but very briefly. Very. So that would have been freshman dorms at U of A. Yep very briefly and then when we really started hanging out was in Chata yep at U of A University of Arizona for those that may not know yes Harvard of the West yes 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 and it is just like so like if you had told me then that we'd be doing a podcast right now I would have been like no but like actually yeah so on brand like actually crazy that out of our whole friend group this has not happened yet yeah, I would agree. Because I remember in, in college, Bitches Love This was really popular. Do you remember that? Yes. And we were obsessed. It was a website. And it was like just girls in college. Like, what did they even talk about? Just like parties. And it was just so relatable to where we were at in our lives. Right. Which now I think they're bitches moms. I think they have bitches still. It's like, yeah, bitches, yeah, yeah. You're right. They have really funny like TikTok the other day that it was the song Closer by Chainsmokers. Oh, yeah. It's like she's in her like pushing a stroller and she's like oh my gosh in 2016 i was like singing this half naked in a club i know i'm getting older and here i am researching strollers and i'm like wait that is literally my life literally like 
unbelievable but yeah I just can't believe like I feel like I'm proud of us for doing this because like since we've known each other and like our whole friend group we have all of these ideas and we just never ever do that right and so I'm proud of us I feel like this is great I know I'm excited it's well it's good also just like because now we are both moms and we have busy lives so it's fun just to be able to hang out on a school night I know what happened last week I was like you free for 30 minutes I'm going to Sephora and you're like yep and I feel like we were, I feel like we're both lacking something a little bit like creatively in our jobs. And so I'm in real estate. I sell rel- residential real estate in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And you and I am in software sales. So I work remotely and I manage a team of uh, sales reps that work around the country. But I'm an avid real estate investor. I would call myself very much a rookie investor. Um, You're a rookie investor, but like, you know, so much. I just don't have the funds. And I I think I'm, I'm nervous to try to like fund it with other people's money, which I know is very popular. So I feel like my whole goal is just go slow. Yes. Yes. But like of all the things you've done so far and you have not lost. Very true. Not that much. And you thank you because you have been my amazing thank agent. Thank you. But it's like, so we were just talking about like how much we love doing things together. So we're like, let's do this. We love to talk. And so, yeah, I feel like this is going to be really fun. But what are we going to talk about? Exactly. Well, I think mostly real estate, right? Yes. That's kind of where our interests really intersect. But I think there's a lot of other things that we're both interested in. Um, I mean, I'm very much about like data and investing. Your numbers, numbers, guess. <laughs> and I think you're much more creative. I don't really know what I am, but I I don't feel like I'm super creative. But like, I do love all the aspects of real estate. Just you're like diving into the numbers, and I'm like, oh, I can tell you that area is hot right now. Like, you know, way more st- statistically than I know. You're the face of the douche. I feel like, like I, 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 you're out and about. And I'm kind of like behind the scenes. Yes, that's best. I knew like being out and about, but yeah. But I feel like this whole, like, even just where I'm at, like, it's just all been like a fate thing because I should not really be in real estate. I did like nothing to my family's not in real estate. Like nothing about. I didn't go to school for this. I didn't go to school for even sales. So it's like just kind of really lucky that this worked out. Yeah. Well, tell us about your genesis because you what is genesis? Well, <laughs> uh, I actually don't even know. I think it, it means like your origin story. Right. Oh, okay. so like you know, you you studied journalism yes. in college. Yes, broadcast journalism. You moved back here afterwards, but then you moved to LA. Like. And you didn't do something in real estate initially. So how did that all come about? Well, I really did love broadcast journalism, but I just remember I was interning in college at one of the local TV stations. And one of like the younger people there was like, but they've been doing it for probably like five years. They were like, get out now. Like you should not do this career. And I was like, what? I'm literally going to school for this. And they were like, just don't do it. And I do see now, like I've known some people that work in it. You work really really hard to not make a lot of money to move constantly to be not with your family around the holidays so so that was kind of pushing me and then all of you guys all of our friends from college moved to LA and I was like living at home and I'm like I have to get there like I have to get to LA and so I did and it was not good (laughs) I had no money I was working a job I hated I remember my parents 
would go to Costco for me when they came to visit and get me those like orange cheddar crackers. And I would be like at work and people would be like, do you want to go out to lunch? And I'd be like, no, I have no money. I need to eat those cheddar crackers. And like that was, I mean, I still loved it. It was great for the time, but like had to get out of there. So then I came back and I remember I was dating a guy and the only good thing to come out of that relationship was his dad saying, you should go to real estate school. And I was like, great, I'll do that. What else am I doing? $500, go to real estate school. And I mean, I never looked back, but it was just kind of, okay, I'm bored. I have no idea what I'm doing. Let's try this. I had no idea. That's how that oh, yeah. came about. Yeah. Like literally I was just like, uh, I need something to do. And it was easy. It's like, and $500, like. I'm like, okay. So it's crazy that like that has brought me to like this career. Right. And back then, real estate school was in person, right? Yes. So I would work at Salty Senorita during the day. And then I did like the night classes. So you could go at like six or something. So I'd go to Salty Senorita, my red little tank, and then I'd go at Brighton Old Town and take my classes. And it was only like, you know, I think it took me like a few months. And then it was just like, hit the ground running. Yeah. So then there's more to this story too, because I, I mean, I know the story, but tell us then what happened. What happened? Well, you first got started here, but then you moved back to LA. Yes. Then I moved back to LA. So I started at a small brokerage here, which was great. Got my feet in like wet with figuring out like what to really do in real estate. Then I moved to LA and worked there. And that was probably like the most fun work I've ever had like would I go back to it now no because it doesn't really fit like my lifestyle with kids so I can never do it now but it was just like my boyfriend lived in Phoenix so it was long distance so I like besides hanging out with like friends which we didn't really do that much during the week like all I would do is just like grind at work and I loved it like LA real estate is just so fast paced all real estate is but it's just different there I just can't explain it and I worked for um Peter and Cindy Lormer and they are just like go-getters in LA real estate their clients are just super cool and it was just it was like I remember my first week there I went to a they just like threw me and they're like go for it And they're like, this is a final walkthrough, which like a final walkthrough is so easy. Like, it's just like you go, the buyer is there. They make sure the house looks like it should when they, you know, when they're going to close. I pull out and there's blood all all down the sidewalk and leading up to the front door of the house. And I'm like, what? I've never met these people before. We're repping the sellers. And this woman comes out and she's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. She's really bleeding in there. He really hurt herself. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? And she's like, oh, um, yeah, like he has a problem with alcohol and he's really drunk and he really hurt himself. And there's blood everywhere inside. And I'm like, well, we need to call 911. She's like, no, 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 no. We absolutely cannot call 911. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? 
So here I am, like first week on a job, I'm like, what do I do? So I call my boss at the time and he was like, okay, yes, you need to call 911, get inside, see what it looks like. And here I am cleaning up blood. The the buyers are going to be there in 30 minutes. And I'm like, I have to make this house look okay. And so it was just like, that was like my intro to LA real estate. And I was like, it was like that night I went home and I'm like, this is so crazy, but like, this is so fun. Like, what else am I going to come by? And like, it was just constantly crazy thing after crazy thing. And you don't really see that here in Phoenix, I feel like as much. I think that's why they have the TV shows in LA too. Yes, it's like I, for sure. Your job, when I first watched Selling Sunset, I was like, Chrissy, this kind of sounds like your job when you worked at CLG. It's sort of. I always I were actually selling real estate. Yeah. And like they weren't like, I wasn't going to like sh- show up in like those slutty. Yes. But yeah, like otherwise. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like sometimes people are like, that's fake. I'm like, I believe that story happened. Like, Right. It's wild. And I think it's because the people there are crazier. So therefore, their stories are going to be crazier. And like what you come across is crazier. Yeah. But and then, you know, Joey got me back, back to Phoenix. And so and then now I'm with Fretzy and that's been, you know, the best experience ever. So it's just kind of like I really got lucky like that this whole path has just kind of worked out yeah that's really great and you basically helped found the Retsy brokerage right well, Chris, so chris morrison founded Retsy, and he um so i started working with him like five and a half years ago when i moved back and i had just had my daughter lola and like she was maybe like a month old and he called me and he's like i'm gonna start this new brokerage like what do you think and i was like oh I like just had a baby, but yeah, let's do it. And like, you know, it, it worked out extremely well. And so everything happens with the, for, you know, the right reason. And it was crazy, but again, so fun. So here we are. Love it. So you're in software sales, which like is crazy because I do think I could like kind of explain your job if someone asked me, but like not. I mean, I think it's crazy that you, like, go into a room and you're, like, the boss. Yeah. It is weird because it's, like, we've been friends for forever and I'm, like, oh, my gosh, like, you're pretty. You've, like, got a pretty high up position and you're, like, the the boss of people. You are. I mean, you essentially are, too. Not really. It's, I mean, it's interesting, like, when you work in, like, corporate America, this, you know, you start as I started as a sales rep and then I moved into management, you know five, six years ago. And that's kind of where I've been since. But I've told you this. It's it's so it is very similar to real estate in the sense in terms of like you're a salesperson. I'm a salesperson. Yes. I'm just selling to people like I'm selling to their company. So I'm not selling to me. I feel like what you're doing is much more complex because you're selling to a person. And usually it's the biggest purchase of their life that they're making. And it's their money, not the company's money. Right. So it's, it's so different in that sense where there's a law on the line. Right. But you went to college for retail. And now you obviously don't do anything besides retail related as your own personal shopping, which you're very good at. Well, thank you. But do you miss, do you ever think, well, I should have gone this direction or I should have gone into real estate from the beginning? No, I don't think so. Basically, like, you know, I, I got into sales because I had actually interned at Nordstrom, um, 
summer after junior year of college and it was a commission-based role and I realized from that wow like you can make so much money just based on what you're selling right so I worked in men's sportswear and I just basically was like a scavenger trying to get clients and sell as much as I could because I got a percentage of every single piece of clothing that I sold. I'm like, well, sales is clearly where it's at because you can make commissions. And so from there, I just tried to figure out, well, what commission jobs can I get? Like what kind of sales roles can I get? And I just kind of fell into technology, you know, right after college. And that's, you know, how I got started there. It wasn't until... I want to say 2017 that I really started to like get interested in real estate. Um, my parents had always been like buying and selling and building houses when I was growing up. And so I always saw that. And like one of my hobbies while I was sitting on AOL Instant Messenger was to draw floor plans of houses as a kid. Like that was literally like what I would just spend my time doing. And so I feel like it was kind of like all of a sudden that passion for like real estate and investing and houses kind of came to the surface again because I bought my first um, apartment in LA. And honestly, I, I I wish I had known then what I know now just about like buying and selling. And, you know, I probably would have done things differently. But I bought my first apartment in LA. I kind of just did what like everybody told me. It's like, okay, here, you'll talk to this lender. Here, you'll get this 30-year fixed, you know, mortgage. Here, you've got to put 20% down to start, um, you know. And I, I think I could have done it very differently. You know, had I, again, like, I, you know, what I know now versus then. Um, but that kind of got me into it. And then my husband and I, who was my boyfriend at the time, had gone on a trip to Europe. And I was looking for some books to read while we were on the trip. And I came across Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I remember seeing it in my house growing up, but I had never, like, read it. I hated reading growing up. And then suddenly I really started to like reading after college. Um, And I really only like reading nonfiction, like, business books. And so I just came across it. I'm like, okay, I'll read this. And it was talking all about real estate investing and basically how you can, you know, create this passive income for yourself off your income. And it started out, actually, the guy that wrote the book was in, like, software sales at the time. I think he worked for Xerox. And he was taking all of his commissions and putting them into buying properties and then renting them out and creating cash flow. And so I basically tried to kind of create the same thing. I said, okay, great. Like, you know, I'm going to try to live off, you know, my salary and then any commissions that I can save up, I'll use towards, like, buying homes. Now, obviously, at this point, this is 2017. I had no money at the time because I had just purchased a condo for myself in LA. Um, and so I was trying to kind of like build up, you know, what that looked like. LA real estate also at that time and now oh, today is very expensive. And so I had no idea how I could even get started as like an investor because usually you've got to put a lot more down as an investor, although there's definitely creative things that you can do. And so I kind of, I put together this business plan and I kind of started to look at different areas that would be interesting. And I remember coming across Gilbert, Arizona, and I sent this investment plan to my grandma being like, maybe she'll, I remember that. I feel like that was like the moment where I was like, oh, Haley's like really into this. You're like, I wrote like a 10 page plan to my grandma to see if she'll invest in this. And she said, no. <laughs> so that was like 2017, 2018, maybe. And so basically like... I didn't really know where else to go. And I didn't, I didn't know you could like, you know, 
get creative financing and your hard money loans or even like just ask people that weren't your family from to borrow money. And so I just kind of started like saving every penny that I had. And it took quite a while to save up enough to, you know, buy my first investment property. And so I didn't get that until the beginning of 2019, um, which is still really good because how old were you? You were like... I was 28. Yeah. So, I mean, considering you owned a condo in L.A. and then you got that, like, you were doing, you were doing well. Yeah. And, that, and another house here. Well, yeah, that came out. Yeah. So then Chris and I decided to move to Arizona because the cost of living was much lower. It just every time I would come here, the pace of life seemed better. And yeah. so I was really excited to move here. A lot of our friends live here because we both went to college out here. Um, and so we sold our condo in LA and we bought a property here. That's kind of when I started to learn a little bit more about the things that you could do. Like you didn't have to put 20% down. You could put 5% down mm -hmm. um, on a house. So we bought a house and then we sold the condo in LA and I used the proceeds to actually to buy another investment property um, here in Arizona. So that's kind of how it, it started going. At this point in time, like we're basically up to the end of 2020. And so we kind of all know what happened with the real estate market after that. Yeah. <laughs> so things have definitely slowed down for me a little bit, I think, from like an investing perspective since then. So what do you think would have happened had your grandma said yes to your plan? I mean, I, who who even knows? I probably would have been in a much, I probably would have been in a much better position today. I mean, I remember looking at properties in Gilbert that were like, 180 to 200 which is like insane like i mean it's just crazy yeah and so i mean and, and all of those properties today are worth like yeah well, if not more for sure if not more yeah so things would have been different but i mean basically like i i didn't get any outside money from anybody else i haven't used other people's money i currently have you know three investment properties so i'm i'm still very kind of small time but the goal is just but that's how you start slow and steady one per year yeah meanwhile like joey and i buy houses and we airbnb them and then like people have crazy parties and then we're like so over them that we're scarred but <laughs> we'll get back in there we'll get back in there we're just like needing a needing a little break tell us about that because i think that was an interesting oh my gosh too that was so that was joey's house that he bought like literally like probably a week before we met and we so we like i moved into that house after la like that was like our home you know and so we found our house that we're in now i convinced him i was like we need this house so we moved there we bought the so we decided we were going back and forth like should we keep it should we sell it and at this point we weren't even married so this was really joey's call and he was like yeah i was like i think i can manage the airbnb like let me do it and we already had furniture in there so we're like okay we'll do it so it's airbnb it's good everything's going great we're getting great people then we hit the summer and summers in arizona airbnbs kind of lag this one did not have a pool um, so we were like, okay, you know, we should think about selling it again. Right as we were like, maybe we should sell it again. We get a request for like a week to stay there. And I'm like, okay, this is like, this is like free money, right? Like, why don't we just take this one? We'll put it on the market after these people come. It's already ready to go. Great. So they stay for like, their, their thing was for a week. So we're like, okay, score. So then our cleaning people call me. They, oh, they had texted me and said, hey, we can't come to, like, say they were leaving on, like, a Wednesday. They're like, we can't make it that Wednesday. It's Thursday. Okay. I'm like, sure. No problem. They call me on Thursday. And they're like, we are here. 
and the the people are still here even though they were supposed to be checked out there's a dog and the place is a mess and i'm like oh my gosh i'll be over there right away and she goes oh i wouldn't come here without the cops and i'm like what and i'm like this was like our home like this wasn't a just a rental property like we hadn't lived there and so i was like oh no so I go over there and Joey was like in a meeting or something. So he could not meet me. And so he's like, you know, be careful, whatever. I go and I'm like standing outside. I'm like trying to figure out what's going on. And there's a car in the driveway and I call the police and they're like, we can't help you because you've given them the right to be there. Even though I, yeah, like, even, and that's, like, why evicting people is so hard. Like, you did give them the right to be there. So even though they're past their time, we can't do anything. And I'm like, you know, I heard they're kind of scary, whatever. Like, the, they might be doing weird things. And the cops are like, okay, we'll come, like, help you go up to the door. But, like, we can't, you know, do anything. So, like, okay. So they show up. And we're, like, kind of standing outside before we go up to the door. And the guy comes out. And he's like, hey, what are you guys doing? And I was like, well, you're at my house and you're not supposed to be here anymore. And he's like, what? My business manager. Uh, I forget what his name was. So let's just say it's like Matt. My business manager, Matt, said he extended our stay another week. And I'm like, no, he didn't. And then the cops were like, oh, wait, is this reservation not under his name? Like under your name? And he's like, no, it's under my business manager and he's not here. And so then the cops were like, oh, we can kick you out now because she hasn't given you the right to be here. So then they started getting really weird. And there was a girl and a guy there. And they're like, we need to come in and search the place. They just like sensed something weird was going on. And so he comes out willingly. The girl would not come out. And so she's in like the very back bedroom and she wouldn't come out. So the cops are like, if you don't come out right now, we're coming in. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? And she was not coming out. So the cops stole their guns and in they walked to our house. And I remember, like, I texted Joey and he's like, how's everything going? I'm like, the cops have their guns out, but everything's fine. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, what? And basically they were, like, flushing drums down the toilet to not get caught by the cops. I walked in. There was, I mean, that it was, looked like they had moved in, how much stuff they had. It was insane. And the house was just trashed. I mean, trashed. And um, the cops, like, bring their dogs to, like, sniff out drugs. I mean, it was so wild. And then, uh, so, yeah, like, long story short, I mean, we had, like, this beautiful room in the back that we had hung this, like, wallpaper to put in front of our piano when we lived there. And we loved it. And she was using that room for other things, um, you know, online involving other people. <laughs> she had some equipment back there. And so we were like, oh, my gosh, our, like, so cute room is just being, like, tainted. And it was just wild. So that kind of scarred us for a bit from that Airbnb experience. And I don't, that's, like, a lesson. Like, if you have an Airbnb, don't just take the money like, if it, if it seems like it's too cheap per night, it probably is. Like, you're better off taking more a night and having at least a little bit less. Yeah. Uh, and we learned that lesson the very hard way, but that's okay. Yeah. And so, yeah. So now we don't have that one anymore. 
But you, so you sold, did you, did you end up selling that one like right after? We sold that one right after. And because Airbnb really did take care of us on that. Like they bought us all new furniture. They gave us props. So like th- that is the one thing. I don't know if they're still like this. This was several years ago, but they definitely like, we were able to send pictures of all the damage and they really took care of us. Um, I don't know whatever happened to like the actual guy who, um, you know, if they went after him, but they took care of us. So that was nice. Um, and yeah, and then we sold it and we regretted every day because it was, you know, we really could have gotten much, much more, but hindsight's always twenty twenty. And, you know, I feel like every, that's like the main line people say to me right now. They're like, I shouldn't have sold. And I'm like, well, whatever, you know, like no one could have guessed what was coming, I don't think. And so now it's just like predicting what's going to happen next what do you think is going to happen in the market next yeah well well you know i'm kind of a bear right now <laughs> in terms of like my my thoughts about the market um so we live in arizona obviously and you know after the during the pandemic and after the pandemic like we had so many people that moved here i i guess i was kind of one of them although i had planned to move here before the pandemic i bought a, i i like you were like the class that i did like oh the pandemic's here i'm coming like you were although you hit it before i feel like you hit Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Almost on our house, like February 20th. Yeah. Yes. Like, but we had tenants in place and then we were planning to move there over the summer. And then basically the pandemic just kind of like made that go, you know, much quicker. Um, but like my, my prediction essentially is that right now, like the market's basically gone, you know, so incredibly high. And at the same time now, like interest rates have gone tremendously high and so things are just not affordable and so um you know i showed you that some of that like data especially like in our zip code for instance like the median income compared to like the median home price and like what your mortgage would be is like you know exponentially large and so i think that the market at least here and i don't know nationally i think like every market's very different like there are some markets that are still like very hot right now which are typically like the more affordable markets but i think like our market probably see you know like a 10 percent decline to get back to more like what i would consider like normalized prices so you think it's gonna steadily decline and and then when do you think it'll level out like how long do you think that decline's gonna take i think 2025 things will go back up i don't don't know for sure like how things will decline like will it happen this year will it happen in 2024 i don't know but i think by 2025 things will start to kind of like hit the upswing again and it's interesting, I had read this book maybe in 2019, and it was actually about like real estate investing and like how you can invest different ways in different cycles. But it basically predicted that the top of the cycle would be 2023. And we're basically here, and there's a lot of data that's been coming out. I know there was like a really, you know, big rush during the spring and prices went way back up, but we're kind of seeing a lot of data now from like the June and July numbers where like things are coming down a bit more. And so I can see like, we probably hit the top of the cycle and now we're kind of going to go down a little bit or or it goes back up. Kimmy, we're recording a podcast. Kimberly, got to be quiet. (laughs) So what do you think? Like, I think, I mean, obviously I'm not in real estate. I just, you know, look at the data. I track Zillow for our zip code every week to see how many listings are on the market versus how many are pending. And I, you know, read a lot of information, but like, I'm not out there. Right. I feel like, so the summer was pretty slow here, uh, which 
this has been the first year probably since COVID where like I'm sort of seeing it the selling season really follow the trends that it usually does um, which means it, in Arizona, it definitely slows in the summer and then it picks up around when school starts, um, really hits like the top, I think, about, around October and then will, you know, slow around the holidays. And I mean, it was like so crazy, like literally school started here for kids and my phone was like much busier. Like this week, I'm like, whoa, I am like so much busier, which is really nice. And like, it feels nice to like get that. But I just think things are slow, but also inventory is not great. So we're going on the market with a listing this week and we uploaded photos and the amount of calls I'm getting, I'm like, okay, buyers are definitely out there. They just like don't like what's out there. Mm -hmm. And then once something comes up that's good, they're they're coming out. So I think despite interest rates, if you have a great house, it's going to sell and will sell for a good price. And then as soon as these interest rate rates drop like a little bit, I think things are going to go insane, which I'm like, honestly, like, I'm like, am I ready for this? But I, I just do. I don't see how they won't because people are kind of like stalling to do anything. But life happens and most people need to move every so often for life changes they have a kid they get married they get divorced you have to move and I think people have been like waiting for the very last second uh and especially those people who don't have to move it's like like you you're like my house could be bigger it's fine it could be bigger it's like you're gonna move eventually you're just waiting to time it right and I think that's what so many people are doing and everyone's probably gonna decide it at the exact time yeah, see, that's why I'm worried about my my speculation of the market going down scares me. I'm like, well, what if it doesn't go out? What if it just keeps going up? But um, it's also interesting. I don't know if you've noticed this, but, you know, I, I, I'm i refreshing Zillow quite often. Like, sure, I got my hands. Yeah. Kaylee's like, I thought a new, a new house went on. And five seconds ago, did you see it? Well, what I noticed is every time interest rates go up, there's all, always a quick sudden swing of um listings that have now gone under contract are you seeing that like do you think people are like once they've locked in a rate they're like crap like i better get something under contract now because i'm gonna lose this rate so what you're saying once a so so for instance okay so like interest rates last week yeah hit like an all-time high yes all of a sudden a lot more properties went under contract than typical so like in our zip code specifically i track like how many listings are our total versus how many are under contract few weeks ago there was like 77 active 77 percent of the listings were like active they were not under contract now that's down to 69 percent so obviously like there there's new listings every week like i haven't haven't had a ton the last number of weeks you know usually friday morning i walk here and i see like oh what's new because it's it's an exciting day to listings um but i feel like every time there's an interest rate jump like a lot of listings that have been maybe even sitting for a long time suddenly go under contract which is interesting. That is interesting. I mean, I feel like last week was a little like for me, I put that towards school starting again and just everyone was up north. And so people came down and they're like, OK, um, but that's an interesting point because, you know, that's why you're like statistical genius and like look at all of those things. And I'm just like, oh, it's busy. I think, you know, this is why. But I mean, it's just I just feel like and I say this so much, but I feel like 
Phoenix is has been so underrated that I just feel like we were so underpriced for so long and we're finally catching up. So I know you think prices are going to drop. I just like really firmly believe they won't. I like, but you know, things have to happen. But I just feel like I'm like, when you compare prices here to like other states, I'm like, yeah, we're still really good. And this is still biased, like the best place to live. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like comparatively, yes. If we look at other expensive markets, Phoenix is much more yeah. affordable. Um, but I think like just generally speaking, like every market for the most part right now is really overvalued just comparatively yeah. to like what people's wages are. Yes. For sure. Yeah, we were like, I mean, remember when we were talking, we're like, oh my gosh, like things have gotten so expensive. Like you noticed our favorite salad at LGO has gone up. Like how much did you say? I think when I moved to this house, it was like $9.50. And what is it now? It's it's like 14 something, I feel like. Yeah. And I'm just like, that was like the perfect example of like, wow, like same spot, same location, like same salad. And it's gone up like, what's that percent? Yeah. Oh like, gosh. A lot. And that's like basically like a 50 percent. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that was just like when you take it into account to things like that. Yeah. I mean, inflation just eating away at everything. But it, the problem is, it's basically what happens with inflation is like clearly the Fed's trying to create a recession so that we don't right. go into like a wage price spiral. And basically, what a wage price spiral is like, oh that salad and LGU is expensive. Like I need to get paid more at my job, and so then my job pays me more. But then guess what? Now they have more costs. And so they have to charge more for things. And so it's basically like mm-hmm. it just, you know, keeps going and going and going unless the Fed curbs it basically stops inflation by causing a recession. And which is, you know, obviously going to be detrimental if that is the case, because basically what they have to do is increase the unemployment rate. And that's not great for anybody. Um, but it, yeah, we're in kind of a weird place right now. But like seeing like houses that were let's say five six years ago worth a million dollars now worth over two million dollars like that's far more than any like usually real estate's like a steady three percent increase every year and if you even look at the average home price in 2006 2007 which was the very top of the last bubble it was about three hundred and thirty thousand dollars right now the average i'm sorry it was 200 it was 200 something thousand dollars right now it's four hundred sixteen thousand dollars. if you like did a compound interest calculator and just did like basically from 2006 to now so that's about um like 14 years at three percent i think it was like the average home price should actually only be like three hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars versus four hundred sixteen thousand dollars. that's like the national mm-hmm. so that's why i mean i think that real estate is really overvalued right now right 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 and there's also a lot of investors that are sitting on the sidelines because real estate is overvalued right now interest rates are really high and cap rates are really low so investors can go and get investment in like a bond or other things that are much higher yielding right now and so I could also see that kind of slowing down prices Wednesday as well. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So. Well, you know, Hales, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> I know. I, it's past my bedtime. So. So I wrap up here. But this was a great first podcast. It was so fun. I'm like loving this. Good. All right. Well, I guess we don't really have like an out, out, outro yet. So I guess we'll have to record that later. But. 
yes, this is this is. But thank you if you've made it here. Thank you so much. We are trying so hard. Well, I mean, this was actually very easy, but like we are really trying to make this something that's fun, but also kind of give you tidbits about the market and you know what's going on out there, so it can you know hopefully be both fun and informational. Yeah, exactly. And I think like ultimately the premise here is like there's a lot of I think real estate information and a lot of like investor information and just there's a lot of podcasts in general but I really don't think there's a very much like of a female perspective yes. on real estate and so ultimately we kind of wanted to create that female perspective yes for sure so thanks for joining thank us. you bye, bye.